And with that, I welcome you into Coach's Corner, a.k.a. the Lucas and Layla Show. A very sleepy Layla on a, uh, what is it, a Wednesday night. So, coming at you live once again during the Philadelphia-Boston series. <clears throat> you know, the um, Celtics are up, I believe, six right now against Philadelphia. So, I don't think we'll get to the end of this game like we did last stream. But regardless, that's going on in the background while I talk to you about some of the playoffs to start and I think first start off the Nuggets and Suns are a good place that game happened on Monday night Nuggets take a commanding 2-0 lead to Phoenix behind Nikolai Jokic's uh what is it oh I don't know a 39-16 and game um, unbelievable performance from him in a game where the Nuggets you know normally their offense is normally going crazy they normally pop off and do their thing on offense wasn't happening for a majority of the game and then a lot of that second half was dominated by Jokic's offense and really like I said kind of took over the game and then Joel Embiid won MVP which uh, I, I saw coming and I discussed it on a different episode but kind of was clear once like the narrative was definitely shifting during the end of the season it was clear that was going to happen regardless of what I thought and Let's see. Lakers Warriors game one was last night. That was that was a tough game to watch because I don't <clears throat> the Warriors I don't think played up to their like best spot. Like I don't think Steph Steph played good. Clay was good. Draymond I think could be better than what you know. The Dray, Draymond's limited in his action now, but I think he could be better than what he was last night. Uh, Wiggins I don't think was his best potential. A lot of guys I don't think the Warriors played up to their, like I said, potential. But the Lakers dominated the game, it felt like, because Anthony Davis was the Anthony Davis we all know and love. And that's a player that gets forgotten about in the shuffle of the league because he's not consistently healthy. And, you know, it's not even like a, a knock against him. It's just tough. It's the tough truth because <clears throat> healthy Anthony Davis and aggressive Anthony Davis is probably a top five talent in the league on both ends of the floor and like I said it doesn't get really talked about much because he isn't consistently healthy although this year he was and he'll probably get on an all-nba team because of that and you know the like I said the the like level that he can reach on both ends of the floor is astonishing and yesterday having a 30 and 20 game against the defending champs I think only proves more that he's a top five player in this league when healthy but we need to see him healthy. <laughs> but that was a good game. Knicks. Knicks clawed their way back into the series after some helpful calls from Scott Foster. Thank you very much. Bam Adebayo refuses to get me player props. Whenever I put a slip in on underdog with Adebayo rebounds, he knows. He knows. I don't, <clears throat> I'm not even posting them. I'm not posting that I'm betting on Adebayo rebounds. He just is like, yeah, he's got one on me tonight. I'm going to get no rebounds. Because he goes out of his way to not get rebounds. So it's like, I'm sorry. I don't know what I did to you, Bam Adebayo. But something like that, I don't know. It's frustrating. But it's the game we play when you put down a little chunk of change. Either way, Knicks tie up that series in a game that I think, you know, it was fairly weird because the Heat didn't have Jimmy Butler down for the sprained ankle and... I thought that, you know, the Heat obviously played fantastic without him, but I thought the Knicks were just, the Knicks just didn't look ready for this type of 
game, this game plan. They looked unprepared. I don't know if they were expecting a different type of feel for this team, and it didn't come. But, yeah, no, that was that was an interesting game. And going 1-1 to South Beach I don't think is a good good feel for the Knicks. And I fear that the Heat will make it to the finals just to spite me. Just, just because a good old middle finger up to Lucas. But regardless, that's in the past now. Like I said, we have, I don't think many games will be played here over the next couple of days. Like until, you know, obviously I'll come back next week on Monday. We'll probably get some more definitive stuff about these series. But going into halftime, Philadelphia's up, or no, Boston's up 57-49. So <clears throat> I always kind of thought that, you know, Embiid's back for this game as well. I forgot to mention that. And I, I thought that Boston would do better against them with Embiid than the game they played on Monday just because it's not predictability that the Sixers have when Embiid isn't on the floor. It's just, or um, on the floor, but you know it's just like a different feel, different flow, a different. You know, James Harden gets the priority. Maxi understands he needs to be aggressive, and with Embiid, you know, he, he's now the MVP. So you you kind of have to share that with him, and it's it's just an interesting dynamic, but. That's the NFL or the NBA draft or ah, NBA recap for the time being. But now we get back to our regularly scheduled program, and that is the draft grades. That's right. We're starting off in Baltimore. We're we're in the AFC now. So did the NFC on Monday. Check that out if you haven't. Uh, also, make sure to check out the chip chip bracket fights. I recorded that, uh, posted that on Tuesday. Make sure to like, subscribe that video, share it, all that good stuff. But Back to the grades, we got Baltimore. I gave them a B plus, and uh, really, I I love their first two picks. I thought they were great picks. Zay Flowers was my favorite receiver to watch and caught like over this draft process. I thought he was a playmaker, reminded me of like an um, I don't know a Wandell Robinson, but boosted. Like I really liked Wandell Robinson when he came out in the draft. Um, but Zay Flowers like was that and took it to another level of playmaking. So I love Zay Flowers' pick there to really kind of round out that receiving core they have with this trio of Odell Beckham, Flowers, and uh, Bateman, Rashad Bateman. So I really like that pick. Trent Simpson falling this far into the third round. I think you know a super athletic guy. I think this could be. I, I'm gonna post something like LK League notes about Trent Simpson's like skill set and stuff a little bit but I thought this was a great Ravens pick you know him falling to the third round and them snagging him up I, I like that a lot and I'm not gonna lie to you I don't know these guys per se but Andrew Voorhees was a guard that tore his ACL I don't know if he was training but he tore his ACL during the process but still kind of did went through the stuff and was kind of projected I think the first couple rounds like first two or three rounds but falls to the seventh because of that ACL and I think this is a really good situation for him to just rehab the year out and potentially find a spot in uh, Baltimore's you know starting rotation of guards. Uh, moving on to the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, not a team that I frankly loved their draft at all. Uh, you know, I gave them a C minus. I very close to a D. Just Dalton Kincaid in the first round, I didn't love. You know, a lot of people are, are high on, on Dalton Kincaid. I was not one of them. I thought he's a fine tight end, but 
several guys that I think translate better both as a blocker and a receiver, where Kincaid's more of a receiver type, and he's fine, but it also comes to the fact that they have Dawson Knox, who they just signed to an extension, and I get it, they wanted another pass catcher, he'll probably split out wide more, um, but still, I don't... I don't love this pick. I think there were receivers on the board you could have maybe taken a swing at. and I, I just didn't I didn't find it to be a smart decision. And I don't, I don't – we'll see how it works out. But <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, I did like the worst Osiris Torrance pick in the second round here. I thought that was a really good pickup. Their offensive line was lacking. Roger Saffold, uh, my friend Sam Watts, will uh, attest to his awfulness and how he should probably – not be a football player anymore on this earth. Uh, but he's a, Torrance is a good physical lineman. I think he's a really solid piece for them to develop. And Dorian Williams, I think he's like an, an underrated pick here. Uh, just because I think he's kind of him and Ivan Pace Jr. who went undrafted. I thought those two guys were late round off-ball linebackers I thought could find their way into a good situation. Like with my Falcons, I thought one of them maybe, but... Really like Dorian Williams here from Tulane. Uh, but then Justin Shorter, I don't like him. Uh, then Ole Miss guard, two picks in the seventh round. Hard to really say, but I yeah, just how much I didn't like the Kincaid pick. And even when they went receiver, I don't like Justin Shorter. Just just straight up don't think he's very good at all. So C- minus for the Bills. Moving on down to the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals, I gave them a B plus. I thought they did a good job in the draft, uh, you know, improving some positions of need. Miles Murphy on the edge. I don't think it ever hurts to get too many edge rushers. Uh, DJ Turner, our cornerback. They had some guys leave, I believe, in the offseason here. So good pickup there for a guy who I think ran the fastest time at the 40. So I like him. Jordan Battle, up and down, I think, during his last season in Alabama, but still a productive safety that, you know, hopefully can slot in after Jesse Bates leave. Charlie Jones was an underrated guy that I think rose throughout the draft process. And him in the fourth round, I think, is a really good pick. Uh, he was, you know, the number one guy at Purdue with a quarterback that threw the ball a decent amount. So plugging him into this offense, I think, is a good idea. Uh, Chase Brown, this was the pick I really, really, really loved. Chase Brown, you know, Samaj P. Ryan just left off to Denver. And they kind of used him as a kind of a multi-purpose back. And Joe Mixon is just kind of in trouble just most of the time, or this offseason I think he is, like another legal issue. And who knows how much longer they want to keep him on there as he's doing this and also has a big contract for a running back. But Chase Brown can be the guy that steps up and do a running back one role that I I wouldn't rule out. I I definitely think he'll get some carries. You know, he, I think he might have some competition with like uh, Chris Evans. I'm not sure if that's the you know the it's not the actor. It's the running back from Michigan, I believe. And either way, I think Chase Brown can find his way into the league. I mean, he was a workhorse back, was pretty much the Illinois offense last year, and I think he can be a big piece in this offense as well uh receiver from princeton i thought he was a pretty good receiver in the sixth sixth round is about his range i have no issues with that and then punter and a defensive back from miami in the late round so you know whatever uh moving on to the cleveland browns i have a c for the cleveland browns uh, a team that didn't really have a ton of options uh not a ton of picks 
Cedric Tillman from Tennessee. See, the, the third round is when they got their first pick, and it was Cedric Tillman, wide receiver, Tennessee. Uh, they have some good receivers already. Uh, this this is more of a depth pick, I guess. I, but I like Tillman. I thought he was a good contested catch receiver for Tennessee. Uh, Siaki Ika from Baylor. I liked him his tape more than the draft process because he basically turned out to be an awful athlete. And <laughs> it makes sense. He's like a 350-pound Samoan defensive tackle. But, you know, it's if you're going to be that big... You have to be a little bit athletic, and he was not a little bit athletic. <clears throat> uh, you have Dewan Jones, who fell in the draft. A similar issue where he's a monster, a massive man. I think 6'8", 350. Has a, he had a basketball highlight tape, but either way, a big person. I think his athleticism just brought him down. Uh, then some later round picks I don't really know much about, but Dorian Thompson-Robinson I think is a fun draft pick. I don't know how much he'll do anything. Like, I don't think he'll be a starter at some point in his career, but I think a fun backup that maybe can uh, just, I don't know, be be exciting for a, a week when Deshaun Watson's out. I don't know. Uh, Luke Weipler, uh, center out of Ohio State. I do, I do like that pick a lot in the sixth round here. I think that was a good sneaky pickup for their last pick. Then we have the Denver Broncos good old AFC West team and for for a team that only had uh let's see five picks one in the second round two in the third round I thought they did a great job at getting some good quality players Marvin Mims you know I think he's a really good fit for Sean Payton's offense is just a deep threat and he he reminds me of Terry McLaurin a lot I just the way he's kind of he's not a big guy but he has a good way of Going up and high pointing the ball, catching it in contested situations, but I, I like him a lot. Drew Sanders, I think, is a really solid pick here as well. He just is kind of a go getter, the running or the you know white linebacker archetype, that whole deal. Riley Moss, first white cornerback since two thousand and three. <laughs> Not to make you about race, but that's pretty cool, right? Uh, Riley Moss, they they might move him to safety though, so that's kind of the issue that he's playing with. But Riley Moss is actually a good player. Um, I think he it was on the All Big Ten team. Either way, I like that pickup a lot. And then safety from Boise State and Alex Forsyth is a guy I, I kind of like. He's he's off and on, but he's a seventh rounder. So, but good draft from them. Then we go to Houston. Houston, I think did a great job. A minus for them. Uh, they they took the biggest swing of the draft, I think, by far, in compensation. C.J. Stroud was the second pick. They got him. Uh, and then they traded up from their 12th spot and next year's first round and some other stuff but to get Will Anderson. So they paired who could be the best quarterback in the draft class. I don't think it's out of the question with the best defensive player in the draft class. And then they got a center. From Penn State, sure, that's pretty good. And then Tank Dell here in the third round, I really like him to help out C.J. Stroud. He's a playmaker. Um, I think he's like a really good release guy at the line of scrimmage. Could be a factor. Dylan Horton, sure, an edge from TCU doesn't hurt. Uh, Henry Totoa is kind of a your typical linebacker that'll just get a bunch of tackles, but isn't very good much else. Where um, Jarrett Patterson. Good center. Xavier Hutchinson is also a really good value pick here in the sixth round. Not, a, I didn't love him. He did. I don't think he produced that well this season, but 
he's shown in the past I think he has tools to be really good but Texans I really think this was a solid draft for them um you know they could have gone Anthony Richardson and I probably would have been just as high on this but as I mean CJ Stroud I had as the peer the best peer passer in this league and I mean this is a big big swing for them here in year one of D'Amico Ryans but I, I think it's a risk worth taking and I like it so good stuff for the Texans then moving on to the Colts, and we're just basically knocking out the AFC South here. Colts, I gave an A+. I mean, I gave similar, like I said, Anthony Richardson was the best upside pick in this draft. I, I think that's just kind of objective, objectively true. I mean, the, the best athlete out of the guys, his completion percentage is worrying, but I don't think it's as, I think it's overblown because if you, you look at what he was working with, with, with his offensive line, his receivers dropped plenty of passes, and the offense was just bad. Offense was just flat out bad for him, um, but I mean, I think the upside's there, and it's a swing that I think is worth taking, especially for Shane Steichen and Co. Eagles offensive coordinator last year plays with a similar type of quarterback here, Jalen Hurts, so it makes sense. Uh, Julius Brents is a really really solid corner from Kansas State, super athletic, uh, bigger physical kind of guy. Coming from the Big Twelve is concerning, but the player I think is pretty good. Josh Downs is a kind of a nice change of pace receiver, I think, the, for Richardson to have. You know, they have Alec Pierce already, Michael Pittman, both kind of bigger, rangier guys, where Josh Downs is that smaller, speedier slot guy, and I like him a lot. Blake Freeland was a great pick in the fourth round. Um, I thought he had a good amount of power, good pass rush or pass blocker. <laughs> Adetomiwa Adebaware. From Northwestern, they have him listed as a D tackle. I think he could be a D end as well, like a power guy. Either way, he was a good value pick. I thought he could go in the second round, and him falling the fourth round here is really good for them. Darius Rush, a corner from South Carolina, those tend to work out pretty well, so I like that swing. Safety from California, sure. Wagner Edge, sure. Uh, Will Mallory ran the best forty as a tight end. Shout out Jackson Kelly for that fact. So I, I I like that. I believe he did at least. I like that pick. Uh, you know that I don't. They have a tight end here and there, but I mean a swing on a guy in the fifth round worth it, as well as a running back, Evan Hall from Northwestern, who is kind of Peyton Hillis like, and not just because he's a big old white dude at running back, but you know he kind of like turn. He goes to the sideline and just turns the corner slowly, but he's. He's speeding up like it's it's really odd it's like you, you see someone like slowly just like drifting and then they turn the corner and all of a sudden they're zooming like 50 miles per hour 60 miles per hour like it's it's a weird style of running that he has but it's effective and i like him maybe as a change of pace guy jacksonville i gave a c plus they're a team that's in a weird that was in a weird spot. They obviously kind of advanced, I think, further than many people thought they would, and for that reason, it kind of gave them a bad draft spot. With you know, basically a lot every need that they had kind of just went off the board, and it, or it was just like the talent didn't justify a first round pick. Now they moved back with the Bills to get Anton Harrison, who I think is a an okay offensive tackle. And is a need after their starting tackle just got suspended for PEDs, I believe. So, I mean, that's, that's a good pick. He's a fine player, a good pass blocker. But 
okay. Um, Brent Strange, I thought that was a strange pick for a tight end on the board there with, I think, better guys on the board. Uh, I think Bigsby, I think, is a good a good compliment back to put back there with um, Travis Etienne, Tyler Lacey, and Yasir Abdullah I really like off the D-line. Ventro Miller, sure. Um, and, but here, I like these two picks. Antonio Johnson, safety from Texas A&M. Safety's not a valuable position, so he falls to the fifth round, and I think Jaguars did a good job scooping him up. And Parker Washington, I don't think he got a lo- lot of love um, over this draft process. I liked his film a lot. It's just he didn't have the volume of a lot of guys. Like, Sean Clifford just stinks, and it's hard to really judge receivers like Parker Washington, who... Didn't play a lot and had to play with a quarterback who was subpar. But I, I like him in the sixth round a lot. I really do. That's probably my favorite pick of theirs. Then we move on to the Chiefs. We kind of get a AFC West run here. Uh, Chiefs, I gave a B-. minus. That's right, a B-. minus. Not a really exciting draft for, uh, name-wise. Like I think they had de- multiple spots where they could have drafted more fun names. But Felix Anudike uh, Uzoma, I really, really, really like him. thought that was a smart pickup after Frank Clark got cut. Uh, Rasheed Rice was a receiver I wasn't super high on, but, I mean, I don't think it hurts bringing in him. I think he's a, I think with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, anything is possible. So I like getting a receiver there second. Uh, then, honestly, some, some guys that I'm not too familiar with, but... You know, I, I really do like those first two picks a decent chunk. So, moving on to the Raiders. I put the Raiders as a, a B plus. Um, I thought the Raiders had a, a good draft. Uh, you know, it was one of those is they could have gone anywhere and no one would have blamed them. And, you know, they went Tyree Wilson first. And uh, getting an edge rusher on the other side of Max Crosby, I don't think is a bad idea for team building. Michael Mayer was a good pickup in the second round, especially after you traded Darren Waller. Byron Young is a good tackle. Trey Tucker's a decent receiver. Uh, Christopher Smith in the fifth round is a really good pick, too. I mean, uh, kind of a playmaker, a leader for the Georgia defense this past year. And landing up here, I mean, uh, kind of a mature voice for a rookie he probably is going to have. But I I just, overall, I didn't, I didn't, like, hate their draft. Uh, then we get to the Chargers. I gave them a C plus. I was was just really not a fan. Like I like the players, I just don't like the fit. You know, Quinn Johnston I think fits weird in this Chargers offense. You know, with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I, I'm not too sure about it. I think that maybe he could be a better long term option than I'm giving him credit for. Tuli to a Pelota, I like him as well, but I don't know how he fits in the, on this defense. He seems like a smaller edge, so I, maybe he works out as the three-four linebacker for him. But either way, I'm not crazy about that fit. Dian or Dan Henley, I really do like that one. I I had him kind of mocked to the Falcons a couple times in later rounds. Decent guy. Darius Davis in the fourth round kind of seems like an overdraft to me. I don't know. I don't love that. Uh, they all. I mean, they got Max Duggan in the seventh round. I do like that. I mean, it's. I. I don't know. I. I heard this from I believe part of my take or somewhere, uh, somewhere I heard it. But teams should probably draft a quarterback in the seventh round if you're not if you don't have like Patrick Mahomes or a franchise cornerstone. You should draft a quarterback every single seventh round. I mean, 
Brock Purdy just last year worked out. And, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to have those guys along. Like, it doesn't kill you. But, you know, regardless, you know, uh, like I said, a fine draft. They're close to a B- minus just because I like the players. It's just the fit-wise, I have to give it a C plus. Moving on to the Miami Dolphins. They only had four picks because they had to forfeit the first one because of tampering. But uh, Cam Smith, I love this pick. This is perhaps my favorite pick of the draft. I had him in the late first round. I thought he was much better than where he got selected. I, like I kind of said earlier, South Carolina corners, I feel like they just kind of work. You know, this is not really like rocket science. Uh, players that go to certain schools just end up being pretty good players, like LSU receivers or, I don't know, like Alabama safeties. Like guys like that, and Cam Smith is just a good cornerback I think he has to work on some stuff but he won't be thrust into a starting role immediately and that's good for him uh then Devin Achene I think actually fits awesomely into a Shanahan style run scheme here Mike McDaniel's run scheme you know more specifically but I think he's a really good you know archetype here in this offense similar to Tevin Coleman who played for the Falcons during the Super Bowl run just a one cut and boom speed guy and then, you know, two guys in the 6th and 7th round, I don't know, but I'm sure. Then we go to New England, and I gave New England an A. I, th <laughs> I thought they murdered the, you know, the first part of this draft. <clears throat> uh, Christian Gonzalez falling to 17 is shocking to me. As many know, I think it's pretty clear that I loved Christian Gonzalez. I thought he was a <clears throat> worthwhile cornerback. The best guy in the draft for me. And I, him falling to 17 was just shocking to me. And I I like them trading back as well, getting some picks for that with the Steelers. But, yeah, I just really like that pick. Keon White, I think, is a really athletic guy, a raw tools guy. And if there's anyone to develop him, then the Belichicks are probably those guys. Marte Mapu, this is the Sacramento State linebacker who's definitely just going to be an all-pro <laughs> at some point during his career just because... Like I said, they just kind of, Patriots just kind of do this. And then they get Jake Andrews from Troy's, a small school guy I think I like a lot. Kicker from Maryland in the fourth round, okay. A guard from Eastern Michigan, guard from UCLA, a punter in the sixth round. It was a weird draft. After some something in the middle happened and made this a weird draft, but they came back. I mean, Kayshawn Boot is kind of a, like a, sure, <laughs> I Weird character guy, weird athletic scores, but the talent has been there. I I don't know. Mario Douglas is a receiver I actually like a lot more. Just from, like, you don't have that off-the-field stuff, and you get probably more explosive athlete-wise. Amir Speed used to play for Georgia, transferred to Michigan State to, I guess, with Mel Tucker, the connection there. Super athletic, 6'3 corner, I think is a steal in the sixth round in Isaiah Bolden from Jackson State. Cool. Then we move on to the good old New York Jets. New York Jets, I give them a B minus. So uh, it's one of those. I, I like the players. I don't love the positioning here. Like Will McDonald in the first round at 15, I think that's an overdraft. But, uh, you know, Robert Sala has a thing for edge rushers. So I think that's a good pick, but just an overdraft. Joe Tittman could be the best center just because he's a lineman from Wisconsin. Carter Warren, I think is a he was a captain all four years or something. Like 
Carter Warren probably is a higher character guy that maybe is a fourth round success story. Um, his teammate, Israel Abinaconda, I love him. Uh, I thought he, I think he's a really good running back, a really good lightning to Brees Hall's thunder. Uh, I think he led the country, or he was tied for the lead with t- total touchdowns last year. So really solid pick up there. Corner from LSU, sure. And Zach Kuntz from Old Dominion, a tight end. Super athletic guy. I'm curious how he does at the next level. I, I like him. I do like him. Then last couple teams here, Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh, I have an A-plus for. Pittsburgh, you murdered this draft. Pittsburgh did an unbelievable job, you know, finding value and good good players. Um, Broderick Jones in the first round. Obviously, this was around the range where he's going to get drafted, but they needed a tackle. They got a damn good tackle, probably the third guy on my board. Third, third or second. Joey Porter Jr., first round or almost a first-round talent that went basically in the first round at pick 32. Uh, it was the first pick of the second round. Joey Porter, really, really good man corner. I like him here because they lost some guys, the Steelers did, so I like that pickup. Keanu Benton and Nick Herbig, or Herbig both uh, D linemen from Wisconsin that I was pretty high on. I thought they were really solid players. Uh, I think they could come in and be – not immediate starters, but like rotational pieces that really kind of change up the flow and relieve some guys while also being effective. Darnell Washington in the third round here is a great, great pickup. Red zone target that can block as well. I think he could be pretty dangerous in the NFL if he can stay healthy. Then a guard from Maryland in the seventh round and Corey Trice Jr., who I've is also a spoiler for LK League notes, is in that class of I really, really, really like this pick. I really like the swing for Mike Tomlin and company. They do a good job in the later rounds, and I think Corey Trice Jr. could be the guy that we point out from this draft class that is an effective starter and from the seventh round. So really good player. And the last AFC team on the board is Tennessee. And it, Tennessee's one of the more strange cases to talk about because it's like they want to compete they have a coach that wants to compete and a defense that wants to, you know, be in the mix, but the offense is so far behind. And they did another step here where it's not immediate contributors outside of maybe the first guy. And this is something we won't be able to judge for probably another couple of years. But Peter Skoronsky, 11th pick, is was around the range he was going to go. Best tackle in the draft class. Most consistent guy. Like, overall, just a really good player. I think he can just be consistent. Uh, Will Levis in the second round, this is probably where he should be drafted, uh, just like based on his skills. But, you know, I mean, quarterbacks go earlier, and people thought he was going to go earlier. But I had this, I had Will Levis to the Titans, but in the first round, like I said. But him in the second round, I like the swing. Ryan Tannehill is probably gone sooner than later, maybe after this year, maybe during this offseason. But, Regardless, I do like that pickup. Ty J Spears was a personal favorite of mine at the running back position. I, I it doesn't. I don't think it, you know signs the end of Derrick Henry, but I think you know they've drafted a running backs in the last couple seasons, and so it's another step closer to Derrick Henry not being a Titan. But Ty J Spears, I do like, and Josh Wiley, I think is a good overall tight end. Jalen Duncan, sure, I think is a good swing, and yeah, seventh round receiver, but. 
regardless, all I think all in all a good draft for most AFC teams. I didn't hate anyone's draft like too much outside of San Francisco's like over the entire process. But that's the NFL draft and I th- I got to say outside like after LK league notes, I'm going to have to cleanse myself from the NFL draft for at least a month. I'll I'll be looking at names on my own time in my own sicko time. But, like, talking about it and covering stuff like this, I'm pretty much done. I'm <laughs> I'm tapping out until college football comes around. I, I can't do it anymore. The, the draft is one of my favorite events. I say it constantly, but this is enough draft for me. I'm, I'm, I know way too many names of players that probably will never play. But that'll do it for me. I am your host, Lucas Kojavar. As always, make sure to like, share, subscribe. Check out the chip video that I posted on the channel, youtube.com slash Coach's Corner, or at Coach's Corner. But check that out. Leave that a like. Share that. (laughs) Liking and sharing is always the theme of the end of the show, but it is truly the best way I can grow. Hopefully put out good stuff, and I'll be back next week. So... Until then, enjoy the NBA playoffs, enjoy the NHL playoffs, and I will see you guys next time.